The mad style, so step off the Frankfurter. Yo, Fife, you remember that routine that we used to make spiffy like Mr. Clean? Um, um, a tidbit, um, a smidgen. I don't get the message, so you got to <laughs> okay. run the pigeon. You're on point, Fife. All the time, tip. You're on point, Fife. All the time, tip. You're on point, Fife. All the time, tip. But then grab the microphone and let your words rip. Now here's a funky introduction of how nice I am. Tell your mother, tell your father, send a telegram. I'm like an energizer because you see point I'm flat all the time, Chris. You're on point flat all the time, Chris. You're on point flat all the time, Chris. So let's get introductions to the three-man weave shit. Greetings and salutations, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Three Man Weave. Three Man Weave is brought to you by the good folks at Chairshot Radio Network in conjunction with thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. And use your heads, please. And thank you, thank you, and please. If you enjoy the content we provide day in and day out here on The Chair Shot and all the fantabulous, I know it's not a word, but fuck it, fantabulous shows that we provide on a daily basis, the great content, we really are your favorite website for news, reviews, opinion, and analysis. Make sure we can keep providing that by going to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash The Chair Shot and pick up an official Chair Shot t-shirt. We've got something for everybody. You'll find something you like. I guarantee it. It's like the men's warehouse, but different. ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash The Chair Shot. Please and thank you, thank you, and please. TheChairShot.com. Remember, folks, we're not just a website. We're a movement. I'm Mr. Velvet Pipes, Christopher Platt. As always, I'm joined by the commissioner who's fixing his hair now. He wants to look good for you all over the radio. PC Tunney and the illustrious Ray Cash. And now they're both fixing their hairs. <laughs> and now... He's doing the fair faucet. <laughs> What's up, and sir? Now he's, he's doing the Mr. Ed, apparently. I don't know what that was. I know he's blowing his bangs out the way, but he still looked like Mr. Ed. You, uh, speaking of Mr. Ed, uh, have you ever seen the Mr. Ed joke on Chappelle show? <laughs> I'm trying to think. I'm sure I have, because I saw all the Chappelle's numerous times. Well, I'll, I'll tell you the joke. Oh, play a hater's ball, right? No, that's not the one. I'll tell you off. That's not okay. All right, okay, cool. That's what we Ray got does, in the business <laughs> called the tease that you guys ain't gonna get. Isn't Chappelle show on what Chappelle show's on HBO Max now? I think they just picked up all those episodes, so check that out. Hey, just start the homie getting paid. Start falling asleep to that. I know. Was it HBO Max? Because I thought he had worked something out with Netflix, but I, I don't know. Either way, uh, I'm sure you can find I'll the Chappelle right show. Go ahead, you guys talk, and I'll look. It's on, it, it is Netflix. He worked the deal out for Netflix. But HBO Max was like, fuck it, we're going to put it on anyway. <laughs> hey, get paid twice. That sounds nice. It, that's, that's, that's the whole thing he wanted. He just wanted to get paid for his likeness, for his name. Uh, Which is Because he wanted to get paid for the show. Yeah, I think, I'm more than yeah. fair, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's on Netflix. Cool. Don't sound so excited about it. I am. Oh, I'm excited. Feel these nipples. So, 
So who's the Netflix and in, in, I'm good, but who's the who's the, the Netflix in your family? Because you know it's typically one person pays for Netflix and then everybody else just uses theirs. I'm not. I don't. Who would do that? That's wrong. I'm not gonna contrive to this conversation like that. Why would I do that? For the, hey so everybody, for, for let's talk about all the illegal shit we're doing. <laughs> all right. Well, since you brought it up, no. <laughs> Here's the list. All right. <laughs> the Jericho list from uh, 97. <laughs> uh, I am that I am that mark, though, because I see I don't really do much even before quarantine. So I I spend my money on all my streaming services. So everybody's like, hey, Rance, let me get your I'm sorry. Hey, Faye. hey, Ray, let me get you. Let me get you such and such. And I'm like, all right. So but I worked out some deals. So like I have a deal with YouTube. My homeboy pays for YouTube Red. I pay for HBO, and we switch. So you know, nice, nice. So what? Let's go. No. Let's do this. What? Uh, what streaming services do you all have? Go ahead. Let's list them off. You want me to go first while you think about it? Well, no, I know them. I just have the most, so I don't know if you want me to. Go, well, here, I'll, me to go first? I'll, I'll name. I'll start naming mine off, and we'll say yes or no. So uh, Netflix. Okay. We all got Netflix. Yes. We all have WWE Network. In, in the, yes. Hold on. Are we talking individually or as as a, a collective household? You have access to it. Okay, because I I, I I technically only pay for two. WWE Network is one of them. Yes, we do have Netflix. We're talking. We're not incriminating ourselves. We're just talking about ones we watch. Okay. We're, the rest of it is all of a beautiful mystery, like the rest of Aaron Rodgers' career, apparently. No, no, no. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I only pay for two, and and the missus pays for the others. That's what I meant. You married fool account? Go ahead, okay, PC. Okay, cool. Why? Why? I'm. We're trying to stop talking about that, and he's like, I need to clarify more. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're talking about two totally different things. I'm, I, you know, what? How I started this conversation is something totally different than how the clarification that I'm seeking right now. But please, just continue. All right, Netflix. That's a good WWE Network. I know mm-hmm. that's a good. Uh, HBO Max. Yes. Came with the cable, so yes. But I, I guess technically paying for it, but D- Disney, not really. Disney Plus. Yes. Yes. Amazon Prime. Yes. Yep. Soon to be Peacock. I already have it. If you yeah, if you don't yeah, already have with, it, right? Came with the cable. Hulu. Yeah, came. With the cable. Yes. Has live sports. Dis- Discovery Plus. Yes, like I love that shit. Yes. Yeah, don't have Discovery Plus. What am I missing? That's eight. ESPN Plus. Yep, ESPN. I got that. ESPN Plus. Okay. Peyton's Places. Shout Uh out Peyton's Places. Got to watch the latest one. Is uh, uh, Speed Kills was the last one, which was a really good one with Willie Galt talking about the fastest players. Him and um, him and Daryl Green on that episode and now this one is oh man I can't even think of it but what other streaming services Ray I had DC Universe until HBO took it over I suppose uh, CBS Access is now Paramount Plus right yeah I don't know if I'm going to get that one but they're talking about having live stuff and stuff that's specific to that so I might give it a shout I'm always willing to give a month see what you're doing you know I'm willing for that that's all I can think of. Uh, what else you got? Yeah, I'm going through my phone. I think that's it. So it's not as much as I thought it was. But I actually, I actually pay for all that shit. So yeah, I made. It. Oh, and YouTube. Uh, of course. But you I, pay, but I have the, but I have the paid YouTube where like I don't watch commercials on YouTube. 
uh, you know, all the shows that are on YouTube. I got that. So, is I it do, is it I worth do not. it? I have Direct TV. It so. is. You say, sir? I said I have Direct TV, so I'm, I'm not on the YouTube red. It is worth it. Watch, because if you watch YouTube often, to never see a commercial, my God, it's the greatest thing ever. That's fair, because they do get, a, especially lately, they've been getting out of hand with the commercials. Because they just... almost had me when they released Cobra Kai, and I watched the first couple episodes of Cobra Kai. I almost did it, but I didn't. But patience is a virtue, because then it, it came right. out on Netflix. So, But they got some other me. ones. They got some other ones. Like, I, and forget, look, I, I like what I like. The Step Up TV show on there looks dope. So I'm gonna. I've been wanting to watch it. I just haven't had the gumption to do it. So the hell is that? Gumption. Remember the fortitude. The I know what gumption is. You ass clown. <laughs> <laughs> you remember the the Step Up movies, the dance movies, the Step dance up? movies with the white kids dancing hip hop. Yes, sir. Oh. Okay. Cool. It's more about you, you than I ever needed to know. But whatever, man. We all got our kinks. You know, it's funny because almost every movie, the white dudes are the protagonists and the black dudes are always the bad guys in those movies. But it's hip-hop. Yeah, well, you know, the, except for the ones where uh, Julia Stiles is banging the black dude. That's the only time we, we get to be good guys. Yeah, they were, exactly. Yeah, that's not the only one. <laughs> that's the one y'all Somebody sacrifice. had to get shot, though. Somebody oh. had to get shot. That, that's the one they were willing to sacrifice to us, Ray Julia Stiles. <laughs> they probably would have gave us nuts as well, but her her career actually kind of took off after those Spider-Man movies. So she I'm was about to say Spider-Man. The, the check went a little high after Spider-Man. <laughs> All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back to get into some sports talk. This is your boy Kenny Killer telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com Folks, welcome back to 3 Man Weave Hopefully you're checking out everything on the Chairshot Radio Network Chairshot Radio every morning for you, a rotating host of cast, cast of hosts However you want to say it Also head on over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash thechairshot Topic number one today, 3 Man Weave is is uh, a melancholy topic here tiger woods in a very serious car accident early this morning rollover accident uh had to be pulled out of the vehicle after they removed the windshield the news from the scene of the crash was that he was responsive and alert as he was being pulled out of the car but it looks like he has some pretty bad injuries to his legs the rumor going around is that multiple broken legs so how bad that is i don't know what that means i don't know but i think first and foremost when you talk about this area as well being in the la area and then thinking about kobe being about almost a year from this and and just kind of flashing back to that knowing that tiger's okay is really the most important thing so what are your first thoughts here and, and hearing all the news and, and, and knowing that he's in surgery as we record right now? It's it's six just after 6 o'clock Eastern as we're recording three-man weave here for the chair shot. What are you guys' thoughts right now? Well, first off, uh, 
not my initial thought, but y'all know I'm just a sick puppy. I had a, a joke in regards to Tiger and automobiles and vehicles in general, but too soon, too soon. Um, you know, I know there's going to be a lot of speculation, especially considering some of the incidents that have happened in the past. I, I hope we don't do that here because we just we don't know. And I know it's trendy right now for everybody to be you don't even have to be right. You just have to be first. And then if you happen to be right, people feel as if they're going to make their career off of that. But that don't mean shit at this particular point in time. The most important thing is, Tiger, obviously we're all praying for you. And we just I just pray that he, he comes out of this okay. You know, whether he plays golf again, that again, that's peripheral stuff. I just want him to be okay, be able to play with his kids and just have a, a high quality of life. Honestly, gentlemen, other than that, I don't really have too much else to say on the topic because I'm, I've been getting my information basically through you guys. You know, we um, our text thread, you, you're the one that put out that Tiger was injured, so I looked it up. And, yeah, other than that, I've been getting my updates from you guys. So, yeah, Tiger, get well soon, man, and you literally have the entire world praying for you. Let me say this. Initially, my first thought was, like you, Tony, was, man, Kobe all over again. I hope that God is okay. So, so right now, there is a level of, I don't want to say peace, but comfort in that knowing that at worst, he he did not lose his life. Nobody lost their life. That That's the last thing we need because there's been so much of that going around lately, number one. Secondly, I love that you said what you said, Platt, because everybody's going to speculate. There's going to be hot takes galore. Can he play golf again? I'll, you know, or was he... How, doesn't matter. None of that shit matters. I'll, I'm, a human being almost died today. We just want to make sure he's okay. That's number two. But number three, um, there is... Most of you have heard of Maslow, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? The most... The, the top need of hu that he said human beings need or crave is self-actualization. And at this point, I feel like Tiger has been through so much in his life that he has become, or if not is becoming, self-actualized enough to realize that all that matters in my life is my family. So, like, whether, whether this affects his life in golf or not, look, man, get your health together and just play with your kids, bro. Just live your life. Be happy. You have been through too much in your life. You have done too much. You have broken too many barriers, made too much money, been too much of an icon in your life to be to, to go through this and for your sole focus to be golf. Like, live your life, my brother. I just want you to be happy and healthy. And I pray that the surgery is successful. I pray that, you know, everything with his legs are fine. I pray that anything that you could think of in a bad or worst case scenario is null and void and moot and we cast that out. I don't, even, I don't want to start preaching in this motherfucker, but like, just be healthy, man. That's all, that's all that I'm worried about right now. So Tiger is like three, four weeks removed from having back surgery on his lower back to stop um, the pain he was having from a pinched nerve. 
He was still waiting for that to heal. They had an interview with him on Sunday. Jim Nance talked to him during his own tournament, the Genesis Open, which he was unable, obviously, to play in. Even at that time, he was questioning whether or not he was going to be back to play in the Masters. Golf is obviously a second and afterthought here. Um, It's just, you know, people people have been speculating and asking all these different questions. Uh, ABC has reported that this is not being investigated as a DUI. Um, and, and, and that's something that people will ask whenever it is a single car crash and then having the history too. But I don't think that that's any bit of the case. Do you guys think that maybe he shouldn't have been doing all he was doing with the bad back and that had something to do with it? I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to like pin anything wrong against him. I'm just trying to think about like what happened because I know the day before he was out on the golf course with Dwayne Wade, David Spade, filming some stuff. He was going back to do the same thing today. I'm guessing he just was going a little too fast and someone or something cut out there and or maybe he was texting and you know you know how many times I've been texting or on my phone in my car and you just catch yourself at the last second like yep. I've I've literally had a tire go up on a curb before and come back down and be like okay yeah stop doing that or like holy shit I almost hit that person I didn't even see them right because that just happened every day B if you're going that fast, yeah. you know, I, I, I don't want to speculate on any of that. I'm just kind of thinking out loud right now. And you, you also have to remember, this guy has been famous since he was four years old, and it's for golf. So I, I can say this, and I don't even know the guy, but I, I feel I can say this with a thousand percent certainty that he's the most comfortable anywhere on this planet on a golf course. Because, I mean, he's been doing that longer than he could do anything else. He's probably been golfing before he could tie his shoes or use the big boy potty, you know? All right. Yeah, well, I, I, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead, Ray. Just last, last thought. Uh, you know, you. I mean, look, California has a, a very stark history because of its really weird hilly terrains in certain areas for weird accidents or weird things like this. You know, so, like, I'm... You know, again, I don't want to speculate on what it was, even though it I think it is definitely something that the public wants to know. Um, I just think it's too early for me to do that. But I I am with you, Tony. This doesn't have this is did not have to be something drug or liquor induced. He could have just looked and missed. Like accidents happen all the time. So, you know, I and for it to be a single car crash is really weird, but Ultimately, man, my man, whew, whenever you hear the words Jaws of Life, it's a scary-ass yeah. thought. But he is out. He's healthy. Well, not healthy, healthy yet. We don't know. But he's, I don't know, man. I, You know, you talked about the back surgery, and you know he's dealt with the back thing, and now he's dealing with his legs, and that directly affects the spine. You know, I just I just hope he's safe, man. I just hope he's okay. Uh, just, just before we move on, man, I kind of want to just finish up my point because I don't think I, I verbalized it well enough. When Tony, when you questioned, uh, should he have been doing all of that? Probably not. He probably should have been sitting his ass down and, and recuperating. But the the point I was trying to make is that's probably where, after everything he's been through, that's where he's the most comfortable at. So he's thinking, okay, let me get back to some normalcy in my life. Plus, I mean, this is an alpha guy. He's an alpha male. You know, he's that type A personality. So... Yeah, he's going to want to get get back out there as soon as he possibly can. Whether that was the right decision to make, yeah, of course, we could speculate on that. Obviously, it wasn't because we see how it turned out. But, yeah, just get healthy, man. That's all. 
we love you and you literally have the entire universe plant praying for you yeah i just to round it all out here as long as he's able to continue to be uh, an excellent father for his children that's all that really matters here so prayers are with him especially for for his family as well we'll be right back thechairshot.com always use your head All right, gentlemen, we have at least a few topics on the NBA docket this week. Let's start right away with the injury that is affecting the defending world champions right now. Anthony Davis out three to four weeks with a calf strain. LeBron James playing some extra minutes, getting older. What are your thoughts? What's How is this affecting this Laker team? Well, we may not get to that, Ray. Go ahead, Chris. <laughs> So, but yeah, yeah, don't yeah. Rays wearing a Suns jersey. They won nine out of ten. There you go. We covered the Suns. Let's go back to the Lakers. That's KJ too, right? That's Kevin Johnson. If I'm Kevin not Kevin Johnson, the goat, yeah. the 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 mayor of the of Sacramento. Let's go. Yes, you're please. welcome. You're welcome. By the way, I don't know what I'm welcome for, but sure, I'll take it. Well, you know, he was drafted by the Cavs, and they they traded him to Phoenix. So, Lakers, for, uh, Anthony Davis is out for four <laughs> weeks. Uh, let's talk about that because no one cares. Mark Price was a beast, though, so I can get why they did it. I don't know why uh, they thought Steve Kerr was going to be the heir apparent to Mark, but whatever. Just real quick, do y'all know that they actually paid a guy to come in to teach Steve Kerr how to dribble so they could turn him into a legit point guard, and it just didn't stick? See, though, that, that's inside that you'd only get from Mr. Velvet Pipes because I knew people that were in the, the Cavaliers organization. But anyway, the Lakers, the, 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 the reason why I went off on that tangent is because this is a nothing-ass story. And I understand <laughs> all the pundits and all the sports writers and all the talking heads and all the television shows, they're going to play this up. Oh, my God, is the empire collapsing? What's wrong with the Lakers? Because they need something to talk about. I get that. But this is, to, to quote Willie Shakespeare, this is much ado about nothing. About nothing. I'm going to paraphrase him. Much ado about nothing. They'll be just fine. The most important thing for the brow, and who's the other guy that's out? Um, uh, There's another brother Schroeder. that's out, too. Is it Was it Dennis Schroeder? Thank you. Yeah, Dennis Schroeder. The most important thing is that for them to get healthy. It doesn't matter what seed they are as long as they're in the top eight. Plus, you know LeBron is the master at this point in time of take, knowing how to take his foot off the gas and conserve his energy during the regular season. This is the only Mellon Farmer I know that can put up 28, 8, and 7, and you say he's conserving his energy. You know what I mean? He ain't going balls to the wall. They know what they're doing. They're going to be just fine come the postseason. Everybody just needs to get healthy. That's the most important thing. This is another thing topic. Overtime loss to the Wizards last night, though. LeBron plays 40-plus minutes. Ooh, and the Washington Generals beat the Harlem Globetrotters once, too, you know. So, I, I think there is very small meat on the bone that, like, LeBron can't keep playing 40 minutes a night at this age. He just can't. That's just what it is. Um, but, I mean, ultimately, at the end of the season, it's not going to matter. I think the real conversation about this topic that is interesting to me is... Man, Anthony Davis, as great as he is, really stays hurt a lot. And I'm scared he's going to – this is going to sound blasphemous, but I'm scared his trajectory might be really close 
from moving away from being like Dirk, KG, Tim Duncan level for to Chris Webber. Because like, no matter how good you are, if you can't stay on the damn court, you know? And like the whole point of AD coming to LA was so LeBron could give him the keys to the Porsche and sit in the, and sit in the passenger side while the young kid do all the driving. LeBron still got to drive his mother. And I think that's an interesting conversation because if AD is not there, the Lakers don't win championships. It takes both of them. So it's just a calf strain. It really could be much to do about nothing, but it's been a lot of injuries in his career to just say, ah, no big deal. See, that's the thing too is AD comes back and he's 100% healthy for the rest of the year after this injury, and they go on to win, no one says anything. But if AD comes back and he continues to be hurt, or if they go on and he's healthy and they don't win, and LeBron seems to be struggling down the stretch in the fourth quarter of playoff series, they're going to look back and say, well, look at all them times that LeBron had to continue to play because the Lakers wanted the one seed when it didn't really matter. They could have just lost a few more games, came in as the four or five seed, and not really made a fucking shitload of difference. But it also, also too, the West is better. I know we laughed about it before the show, and I'm not going to jump on these airwaves on Al Gore's internet and say the Utah Jazz might win a championship. It ain't happening. But the Jazz are good enough to get to a West Finals, and they're good enough to take you six or seven games. And, like, so if they're, if the Lakers come in half-stepping, injured, and not cohesive, the Jazz could hit them with the Buster Douglas knockout blow. So, like, and that's just one team. There's a lot of better teams in the West. So it, it, this ain't the time to be half-stepping. I think the only team that could see them in the West again is the Clippers. And I don't think the Clippers are going to make it to the Western Conference Finals. Everybody yells, no. Everybody yells, they'll they'll be good. Maybe Dane might have something to say, but because their defense has improved, but I I don't see them coming out the West, regardless of what Charles Barkley says. Utah, yeah, they're a hell of a story. I could see them getting to the finals, but at the same point in time, Spider Mitchell's only six foot one. And in our lifetime, we've only seen two guys under the the height of six foot four lead their teams to titles. That's Isaiah he's, and that's Steph. He's not six one. He's six four. But <laughs> no, no, but. no. He, they remember last year or a couple years ago when they recalibrated and they measured everybody without their shoes on. His his shoot height is six foot one. I just all I know. You, I'm I'm not disagreeing with you. He's short. I just don't think he's that short. But. There's a there's a video a clip of him they the other day they played the Clippers and like they were coming back and Spider was killing it and he's guarding Paul George and Paul George looks like he's George Mirasan over this dude <laughs> and I'm like oh my God he's short like I knew he was short but God so yeah Spider Mitchell's a beast by the way oh definitely a beast and shame on you Shaq I'm gonna bring that up every time I can because I don't know what the hell shame on you. That is that that boggle. I always thought he was D Wade esque, like a like a sneaky six four six five. Because D Wade don't look that tall. Me too, though. That's why it stuck out to me so much. Because I, I know you remember a couple of years Maybe. ago they, yeah, they measured everybody without their shoes on and they gave yeah. their shoot heights. Yeah. Mickey Mickey dimed him out. Told him to take the lifts out of his shoes. Because <laughs> it it tripped me out too. Because I'm thinking like you like you six four six five, especially the way he plays. He doesn't play like a like baby dame or steph or nothing like that he plays like a, a two or a three you know um question for y'all if i know i'm running off topic i'm sorry but 
All-Star game's coming up. We kind of have an idea of the good teams and the good players. And I w- the reason this came into my mind was because I was going to say, well, you know, he doesn't worry about his size because Jordan Clarkson comes off the bench and Jordan Clarkson got some size. Jordan Clarkson far away is the sixth man of the year, I think. Not even close. Do you guys have an early MVP frontrunner? LeBron. You think he's MVP frontrunner as of right now? That's a good. That's easily. I don't know. You easily? Wow. Okay. Well, why wouldn't he be? Yeah, he hasn't had the best year. He has the best team, but I don't think he's had the best year in terms of stats. I mean, Dame Dollar is killing. Lucas averaging damn near triple double. Jokic is out here putting the entire the entire state of of Colorado on his back. KD's out here like. KD is yep. KD gets the I hate watching KD games because you watch a game and you remember him doing three things and you look at the stat he got like 39 and 7. I don't understand where it comes from. Uh like it's it's I don't know if it's just a runaway my brother. Well, they have the most wins in the league. LeBron's averaging 26 points, 8 rebounds and 8 assists. I don't know what what else you want me to tell you. He's the best player in the league, is he not? We'll see come okay. June, cause my my man with the fucked up. But this is a regular. But this is a re- Brooklyn. But this is a regular season. Is this is a regular season time. award? Now the thing is, I, I would probably go KD, but the problem is he's missed a lot of time, so I think that might affect you know how people say because he has missed some games. But I mean, no Nets gonna win MVP because they all cancel each other out. No Nets gonna win. Because nobody's going to be dominant enough to say, oh, he's the guy. Because if we're honest, the, the most important player on the team has been James Harden because you see, you've, you watch the things no, he's doing. No, James Harden is not the MVP of the Nets. I said most important, not most valuable. I, 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 I believe he's not the most important came, player on that team either. I, I, I believe somebody came on these airwaves and said the reason that this thing could work before the trade, before when the trade was just scuttlebutt and speculation, that the reason that this thing could work is because James Harden is going to be the lead guard and the lead facilitator but of that team. He's not the most important or the most valuable because the most important and the most valuable player on that team is Kevin Durant because without Kevin Durant, that team doesn't stand a chance and holy hell of winning a championship, let alone getting out of the East. Period. End of story. No Kevin Durant, I can't, I can't agree with that. no playoff success Pro, for the Nets. Prometheus Cleveland Tunney. Can I just suck my dick for one goddamn minute because it turns oh. out I was right and these melon farmers about to go to the finals? Please. Kevin Durant Please. is the most is the MIP, he's the MVP of the Brooklyn Nets. Period. You need more ribs removed if you're gonna do that shit too. <laughs> hey, Mar- just call Marilyn Manson's uh surgeon. Bruh, I so wait a minute. The, re- the reason I vehemently disagree with you, I, again, he's the best player by far. I'm not, we're not disagreeing on that. We're all on lock and step. But James Harden single-handedly took Rockets teams to the brink of finals for like five years, right? Four years, I guess you could say, without playing clearly undermanned against the teams he was playing, right? So I'm not, I'm not one of those people that say the East is that much worse than the West. The East is top as top the top of it is as good as the West. I'm, so I'm not gonna be do that. But but I, James Harden and Kev, and Kyrie Irving have the talent to be the best player and take their team to an Eastern Conference Finals alone. So 
they could get out the final. They can get to the finals in the East without KD. They can't win a championship without it, but they can get to the finals. So you agree with me, Kevin Durant is the most important and most valuable player on the Nets. But oh. you just you just told me that he was. You did. You didn't say it in so many words, but it's not even a difficult conversation to have. I can't believe that you guys don't think that Kevin Durant is the most important and most valuable player on the Nets. Let me tell. What can are you I, talking but, about? I, go, just real quick, Ray. I literally yeah. just said that I would vote for KD for MVP. So what the hell are you talking about? Sorry, I'm, I'm talking to Ray. That I'm talking to Ray. Then. Okay, talk Sorry. amongst yourselves. Here's, here's, <laughs> where dis- here's where I disagree. Here's where I disagree. See Madonna. See Madonna. We can only talk about the way things are and the team that they have. We can't speculate about what it could be or this or that. And the way the team is presently constituted. If they just roll the balls out, they're not going anywhere. They need somebody to front the team and to put himself above the rest. If James Harden wasn't there, that team's not making the finals because nobody can say... That doesn't mean he's the most valuable or most important part of the team. That doesn't mean that. That's exactly what it means. No, it doesn't. the team is flowing and running because he's But if Kevin Durant wasn't there... Here's what you do. Take each person out of this situation and tell me which team is worse. There is the most best chance you have is when Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant. Not any okay. of the other three, period. Okay, if you no, take Kevin Durant no. out, the team's worse than any other time if you take Harden or Kyrie out. Okay, can, can we use that same thought process? With, can, I give, can we use another example? Who's the most valuable player? Who's the most important and valuable player on the Lakers? LeBron. Can they win a championship without Anthony Davis? No. That's literally the same thing you're saying about... There's two There's two MVP caliber players on the Lakers. There's three MVP caliber players on the Nets. I don't think Kyrie is an MVP caliber player, but I, I see what you're saying. He's talented. He can't win MVP on his own. Kyrie Irving, Kyrie Irving can't even take a team to the I said on his own. MVP caliber. I don't think he is. I don't think Kyrie Irving. Okay, fine, but Kyrie Irving is head and shoulders better yeah, than yes. than any other player after LeBron and AD on the Lakers. Yeah, of course. Yes, I'm with you. I'm not. I'm not. I understand what you're saying. I'm not trying to be flipping on purpose. I just I, I'm not high on Kyrie Irving as a basketball player. I think he's mad talented, but he doesn't help anybody else on his team, which is part of the reason why I think it's so important that James Harden is there because James Harden is the only guy who actually gives a fuck on that team to say. Y'all go. I'll get you there. I didn't. I didn't. I would didn't want this argument to go this far. But Ray, there's a lot of people that are extremely, extremely knowledgeable as far as NBA basketball goes, and all these people agree with me and not you on this topic. Okay. So I disagree. I think with both of you. I think I'm a, I'm much higher on Kyrie than both of you are. But this is why Durant's the MVP and the most important player on that team. Because if it wasn't for Kevin Durant, neither Kyrie, I was about to call him Kyrie Davis, neither Kyrie Irving nor James Harden would even be on that team. And Kevin Durant seems to be the only person that likes both of them simultaneously in the entire league. <laughs> yeah, but that's, 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 that's valuable on a different level. That's not valuable on the court. That's not valuable in terms of what that means. That's valuable in terms of stroke. A lot of players got stroke in the league. A lot of well, players got stroke, but do you think that both of those guys would have broke their necks to get to Brooklyn and be willing to try to make this work if it I think, wasn't for, for KD? I, I think Kyrie would have only because he grew up being a Nets fan, grew up in Jersey. 
So yeah, I think he would have tried to go to the Nets regardless because he knew the shit in Boston wasn't working. So why not go to my team? I get that. James Harden, no, I'm with you. But again, I don't know if we're talking. Maybe we're not talking the same conversation. And if that's the case, then I'm sorry. I, I apologize for. Well, I my know what the word important means and the word valuable means, and I think Kevin Durant is both of those things at a higher level to the Nets than James Harden. Okay, we just we disagree. I, we disagree. does James Harden play defense even? Like, does he even think about yes, getting into he, a stance or shuffling his feet, flexing his he you know muscles does. and everything else like that? Because Kevin Durant he plays does. defense, that's for sure. James Harden plays defense, man, and it seems like only myself and Skip Bayless are the only melon farmers on the face of the that's, planet. That's and not man, a no I woke up today I'm and like, I thought, boy, if I can put myself and Skip Bayless talking about the same goddamn opinion in a sentence, it's going to be an excellent day for me. No, sir. I did not think that that was going to be a good hey, idea. Hey, man, broken clock is right twice a day, man. Brian Squirrel get a nut every now and again, man, and he happens to be right on this particular uh, topic. But how frustrating is, is Steve Nash got to be? Because the Nets seem like a team that play to the potential of who they play. You know, so I, we've seen them beat the Lakers. Obviously, they were shorthanded. We've seen them beat Milwaukee, the Clippers. But then we've seen them lose to the Cavs twice and that weird game versus the Wizards. Yeah, but think about but, it. Think about it. Like, that's a that's a that's that's an NFL coach with a quarterback prop, with, with two good quarterbacks, right? Would you rather have no good quarterback or two good quarterbacks? Would you rather be an NBA coach where you need to fix the team because they can't physically dig down deep enough to actually fucking, you know, man the fuck up and beat teams they should beat, but they beat all the good teams? Or would you rather have it the opposite? I'd rather be able to figure out a way to have to motivate them to step up when they should with the bad teams than try to figure out how I can make this team better than they actually are to beat the good teams. Because the team's already good enough to beat everybody. You're right. You're absolutely right. That's absolutely the right answer. But just know that that shit don't always work. See, Dallas Mavericks in 2007, I believe that's the year, and last year's Houston Rockets against Oklahoma City. One of these little scrappy-ass teams is going to make you earn that shit. And I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you, Tony. Of course, it's a talent league. All these sports are talent. That's talent-driven. That's why they get paid more than the coaches, why I think ultimately coaching is somewhat overrated for most of the guys but if I'm a coach I'm looking like what the fuck I'm just talking about how that's got to be a little frustrating and maddening and we're going to see Steve get a uh, pretty gray as the uh, year progresses <laughs> Steve got a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of feel in him in terms of he partakes in certain things that will allow him to be stress free uh, so I don't, I don't think he's going to be too worried and let's let's keep it a buck and a half too, man. I'm not about to have Steve Dash out here trying to preach the <laughs> trying to preach the fundamentals and the importance of playing defense to me. Like, come yeah, on, Steve, man. Your come two on, top man. coaches are your two top coaches are Steve Nash and my D'Antoni. Hey, Ain't nobody like, playing no defense. Home, man. That's like the fat guy at the bakery saying, you know, you really don't need that second donut. Well, hey, <laughs> come on, man. Hey, watch your cholesterol, homie. <laughs> All right, let's hit a couple. Let's hit a couple other topics real quick in the NBA before we move on. Got a couple other of uh, things we want to cover. We're going to get into some UFC. We're going to get into a little bit of NFL and and a quick Major League Baseball note. Go ahead, Ray. You have thirty seconds to talk about the Suns. Go. We good, bitch. I'm done. <laughs> I need Chris. I need Chris Paul to come fix my life. Shit. Listen, nine out of ten. Devin Booker <laughs> is one of the most underrated players in the NBA. Chris Paul's doing great. Like you said, we can move on. Hopefully, we'll be talking about the Suns a lot more 
later on in the season, and that will be even better. Um, DeMarcus Cousins waved. He's going to go somewhere. Where should he go? Uh, you got a woman ask that question. I have no idea. Now, I'm, I, I got to be, if I'm not the president of, of the Boogie fan club, I'm at least the treasurer. I love this guy's game. I love his attitude. I, I love everything about this man. And he just hasn't been the same since that Achilles injury. It just is what it is. He was never the most athletic player to begin with. He played under the rim. What made him so great was his basketball IQ. He had very soft hands and excellent footwork for a big man. And he was highly skilled at the game of basketball. He could shoot it. He could pass it. He could rebound. That's what made him great. And since this Achilles, not only is he under the rim, I don't even know if he could touch the rim at this point in time. So it's just it's sad to, to see how the mighty have fallen. So, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't mean to speak ill of a human being because as a person, I think Boogie is dope as hell. I think Boogie is an awesome dude, all things considered. But this is why your reputation matters. This man was the most talented big man in the game because of his football work and his inside, his ability to get a bucket. Right? Never really known for his defense, but he could get you a bucket. He got twelve rebounds a night consistently. When he lost the little athleticism you he had because of the uh, Achilles, he had a jumper, but he was never like Dirk Nowitzki or LaMarcus Aldridge. Like he was never like you can count on this buck on this 15, 18 footer, right? Teams started looking at, well, we know what his reputation is. Is he worth this? Golden State tried to give him a run. Because they knew well, we could take we could take the hit, because we got this, and then everybody fell apart. So, I right, bruh, see you later. The Lakers tried, he got hurt again, and well, this ain't working. Houston signs him, he ain't hurt, but yeah, the team's not doing too good. I don't know if Boogie's really gonna be good here. This is why, no, even if your reputation is bullshit, your reputation matters, man, and shit, even. Like, I, I feel for Draymond Green. I hope he stays in Oakland his entire career or San Francisco. Because if he goes somewhere else, he's going to be treated horribly because of his reputation. And so I think that's the, the big reason why my man is not... You asked the question, who should sign Bookie? What should Bookie do? DeMarcus Cousins should retire today. You had a I good agree. run. You made a shitload of money. And you're going to continue to deal with bullshit the rest of your career. Just get your money. And go live your life, brother. I agree with everything you said. But I will say this. And I, I'm, I'm sure I've said it before. And I'm going to continue to say it. I'm going to bang it hard. This is why you come to thechairshot.com. Because we're going to give you renew, reviews, views, opinion, and analysis with attitude. And I'm going to add another one. With intelligence. So make sure y'all go to prorustandtees.com forward slash thechairshot. And pick up an official chairshot t-shirt. Because we always use our heads, right? Coaches have egos as big as the players, sometimes if not bigger. And this is a guy, he's 6'10", he can shoot a little bit, he's an excellent passer, he can score around the basket. This is a former 2010 guy, a perennial all-star caliber player. Okay, he, he doesn't have the athleticism anymore, but in my system, under my tutelage, with what I surround him with, I can get something out of this guy. And I can reach him so he won't be a headache. So somebody's going to take a flyer on him. 
well, I, I know you want to say something, Tony, and I, I'm, I promise I'll be quick. It's the same issue with the Melo situation. Because no, nobody ever said Melo couldn't play anymore. But Melo hadn't had the mindset to say, I'll accept my role. Right? He still thought he could be Melo. And when he tried to do it, he hadn't fully accepted it mentally, so the game looked off. That's what you see in Oklahoma City and in Houston. Very similar to that, Boogie is in the same sense in that he still can contribute. Christian Wood is all-star level. He's had a great year. He's had some injuries, but he's had a great year. You tell me Boogie can't just play backup big? He was signed to be the backup anyway. He can't just play 20 minutes a game and contribute? But because of the reputation that they have, they think his mindset won't allow him to accept his role on a bad team, then people are like, well, wash your hands up. And it's a shame because you see, and it took Melo some growth, and I appreciate that he actually admitted he had to grow. Melo's been great in Portland, but he had to get there. Maybe a couple years out the league, we'll get Boogie there. So there you heard it here first, folks, ladies and gentlemen, Boogie's going to Portland. Uh, yeah, no, I don't think it was a, you know, I don't think it was so much a, a reputation thing or even a thing that he couldn't play. I think this is very similar to the situation we talked about last week with the Cavs and Andre Drummond. They've okay. got a young guy that they think has a lot of potential, and they want to give him as much space to grow and play and develop and see what they have. And and I'm obviously I'm I'm referring to Christian Wood in in Houston. Okay. P knuckle cards, you got something to say? I'm here. <laughs> we, we got one last topic to talk about here for the NBA. Chris Finch in, uh, Sanders Jr. out in Minnesota. Thoughts around the horn, gentlemen. Is that shit legal? Can you do that shit? Can you just hire another coach? Can you just hire another coach in the middle of the season? Like, nah, you you with me, son. Like, can you do that? Like that you know what that feels like? That feels like if if I'm on the if I'm on playing street ball, we play on five on five. I just stopped the game and say, nah, son, you're on my team now. Like, can you do that? And then, and then it's Flip Saunders' son. Oh, the disrespect in Minneapolis. Wow. Yeah, optics, that's horrible optics. Because you know how people feel about, and how I feel about Flip Saunders, Cleveland's own. You know how they feel about that man there. They deified, they damn near deified that man there. Now, now the, 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 can you do that that Ray is referring to is because this guy two hours ago was a coach, an assistant coach with the Toronto Raptors. And all of a sudden he's the Minnesota Timberwolves coach. Tampa Bay Raptors. And my response is retort. They can do whatever the fuck they want. <laughs> Clearly. They can do whatever the fuck they want. Sl- slash in topic. That's about, that's about to end. You're right. <laughs> all right, folks. We'll be right back after a quick commercial break. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Why should you visit thechairshot.com? Thechairshot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Come on, man. And with the local DBC news, Evan Cool J with a triumphant comeback. More absolute. But tonight. 
Oh boy, and Mama, speaking of knocking people out, I gotta say, this previous UFC fight night did deliver an extraordinary knockout in the main event. Derek Lewis pretty much pretty much told Curtis Blades, you don't come rush me with your head down because I will uppercut your ass in the next week Tuesday. Gentlemen, thoughts on the terrific knockout from Derek Lewis on Curtis Blades. Southside, we roll on choppers. Shout out to the H-Time. Uh, first and foremost, somebody call Curtis Blades and wake him up because he's been asleep for a while, number one. Number two. <laughs> oh, no, I shouldn't laugh. Uh, I, mean, I mean, it's facts, right? Nobody will ever confuse Derek Lewis for being the best mixed martial artist. He'll tell you he's not. My man's got power. But it's something to be said that Curtis Blades, the number two ranked heavyweight in the business and almost guaranteed a title shot after uh, Stipe and Ngannou fight, right? Almost guaranteed a number number two. It says something well, when... Yeah, I Go ahead, I'll finish your point. Maybe not. Uh, but it says something when Derek Lewis says after the fight, I wasn't. I was just waiting for him to just come to take try to take me down. I wasn't even caring about anything else he was doing. I knew he was going to rush me, and I was going to hit him with the knee or the uppercut, and it was over. That really says something about your game plan, big homie. <laughs> like, my God, watch the first round of that fight. Go back and watch the first round of that fight. Derek Lewis looked terrible because he wasn't trying to fight. He was looking for one punch. And he hit it two in the second round, a minute and a half in. My God. My God. Yeah, you know, that happens. I mean, look at, uh, who was it? Uh, Nganu, uh Rosenstrike, knocked out Rosenstrike in 20 seconds, right? I mean, when you get that, and that's why people want to watch heavyweight boxing and heavyweight MMA, because generally the bigger you are, the more ability you have to snap dudes out right and that's what people want to see right yeah on the Deontay Wilder side of the game that last fight he fought before the Tyson Fury fight which we don't talk about that any longer but that last <laughs> fight he fought I can't remember who the guy was but he was winning on the scorecards at least in, in my scoring but Deontay had that God damn it back there and he hit him with that and it was lights out. Similar was to a, Mr. Lewis. The island dude, right? Wasn't it? Yeah, Wasn't it I, Jamaican I, dude. I thought he was like Samoan or something like that. Cause then he have like a little scrunchy ponytail or some shit. Maybe I'm look all, things. All I know is when I see Deontay Wilder punch, like I get I get the white girl with pearls. Oh my God. Yeah. And Derek Lewis is similar to that. I, I love this guy. I I often call him the white excuse me, the black Roy Nelson of the UFC. Like Ray mentioned before, is he the most fundamentally sound UFC competitor? Of course not. But he's got shitloads of charisma, and he got that goddamn it behind him. He got that knockout power, so he's always going to have a chance in any fight that he's in. All right, H-Town. And his balls get hot. I can relate to that. So, you... Ray, you brought up the fact that you think he should be the number one contender for the winner of the Nganu and, and Stipe fight. But, I don't, I'm but, sorry, real quick. I don't think he should be the number one contender. I was saying if Blaze would have been the number one contender, had he had this fight not happened, Curtis Blaze was the number two guy. And, and Curtis Blaze, being the number two guy, had such a shitty game plan 
that the guy who shouldn't even be ranked based on his talent waited for one punch. That's what I meant. I don't mean to interrupt you because I don't know who the number one contender is. Well, speaking of number one contender, after UFC 260, could it possibly come from this upcoming weekend's fight between Cyril Gan and oh man, I gotta I gotta say his his his, uh, his first name correctly because I I went out of my way to to remember what Jacker or something no Jazari Jazar Jarzinho Rosenstrike there you go Jarzinho. That's what it is. God bless you. And Cyril Gunn. Yeah, so I got those two names right. You're welcome. That's as much of my preparation today. But Cyril Gunn, 6-0, but he's defeated Dos Santos. He's defeated a couple other people. I mean, Rosenstrike is nothing to laugh at. He's had a win over Dos Santos and other people in the top 10 in the UFC rankings for heavyweight. So could we possibly see something here from this weekend? True to true to the Dana White history of his uh, and uh, Joe Silver's booking, depends on how he looks. But he looks good. Rosenstruck wins and he looks good. He'll give it to Rosenstruck. Uh, I I really I really think they're gonna sneak Bones in to fight whoever wins out of Stipe and Ngannou without even getting a tune-up fight. And in the perfect world, that would probably be the right call to let. Lewis and Rosenstruck fight and the, the have a real number one contender. Um, Stipe and Bones will be fun as hell. Ngannou and Bones will be fun, but I feel I would be fearful for Bones' jaw because Ngannou got that, what you call it, Platt? That goddamn it. So do you think that so you, you think Bones is done with the light heavyweight? You think he's just going to be heavyweight from now on? The only He only wants to come back at a heavyweight. The only reason he would consider light heavyweight by my estimation, is if Stylebender does, comes up. Because Stylebender been talking mad shit for like three years. So like that'd be the only reason he'd want to stay. Other than that, what is there for him to do with the division? He's done it all. Yeah, I mean, the division can't be that strong considering that you already are getting the middleweight coming up to challenge Blackwoods for that title at 259, so... And if I could, just real quick, I want to make a, a, a small addendum to last week's show because one of our podcast brethren, Mags, and check out everything he does here on The Chair Shot, Ray and him, they have the uh, the midweek mainstay on yeah, right. Chair Shot Radio Network. And he was a little critical of some of our UFC analysis last week when I brought up the that I think that Usman is the, the best in the game right now. Of course, John Bones Jones is head and shoulders above everybody, but we don't know where he's at. So yeah. that's why he was disqualified from the conversation. Yeah. So without Bones, without Masvidal, who I think he's gone. He's gone, man. Let's that money get low. And, you know, he tired of eating potatoes and vodka in Russia. He's gone. So without those two names, yeah, I'm still going to say that Usman, pound for pound, he's, he's the guy right now. I just had to throw that out there. Shout out to Mags too, man. No shade. I just, you know, I talk my shit. Lots of shade, Mags. Deal with it, bro. <laughs> hey, Mag. But you know what? Carlos is cool. You know, Mags' son actually is a MMA fighter and has some of the better MMA interviews that you can find on Five Rounds on the chair on the chair shot, where you always use your head and other appendages that we won't speak of. Yeah, man, you should use that often. Makes your life easier. Stress reliever. 
Even if you got to play the one-man band, shit. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Those droughts come, fellas. Don't be fooled, okay? Don't fool yourself. Those droughts come. I don't care who you damn are. Even Derek Jeter had some drought periods in his life, okay? That ain't that ain't true. All right, folks. I'm sure it, it once, it's happens, man. Once again, continue to check out the UFC. Dana White continues to provide week in, week out, great fights on a regular basis. UFC Fight Night once again here, and then a couple great UFC 259-260 in the next upcoming month. We'll be right back. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. All right, real quick thought here. Uh, Major League Baseball. Fernando Tatis Jr., 14-year, $370 million contract from the San Diego Padres. Kudos to the Padres and Tatis Jr. He said he wants to stay in one place. He's the one that wants to have the trophy, or, or the, 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 I'm sorry, trophy statue outside of the stadium of himself. What do you guys think about this signing? Shout out to the Padres. They've been making moves this year. They're trying to be competitive, which pisses me off as a Cleveland fan because they're going the exact opposite. Could he be the guy that stays there all 14 years? Maybe. I don't know if he's got 14 years left in him. And well, he's 20, I, this reminds he's me 22 of 22 or 23. This reminds me of when A-Rod signed with the Rangers which that was the ludicrous contract of that day. And he made it, what, four or five years, and then they shipped him off to New York. I could see this guy ending up in New York at some particular point in time within the next 14 flipping years. So uh, before I tell you what I think about it, I have a question for you. Um, damn, I don't, have a, I don't have a P. Give me a P to call uh, Honey. We just going to go Percival. We're going to go old school here. Percival, Persimmon. Tatis is 22, by the way. So okay, uh, I think he's still playing at 35. I'm my, thinking about his dad. My bad. Excuse me. My question is, in modern in, in the modern years, so I guess going back to like 95, 2000, whatever, other than Jeet, has there been any infielder who's, and I guess Yadier Molina might be one of them, who's been with his team the entire time of his entire, I've been with one team? Because, like, everybody else. I'm sure there's been plenty. But not of significance. I don't know. But at the same time, you you look back to guys. I mean, he's he's got his money. I mean, why would San Diego get rid of him? They're, they have, they're spending a ton of money down there. Manny Machado, they got pitching. I mean, they signed somebody. They have Hosmer. They got tons of players they are spending money down there. It's, here's, San, here's it's also San Diego, Ray. Now. Here's, here's why. San Diego may be a big market in terms of a city, but they're a small market when it nah. comes in terms. Yeah, they're a small market when it comes in terms of their their their, well, their team. They've spent a shitload yeah, of saying, money on the team already. Now, You're right. and I, like Manny Machado gonna be gone in three years. Tatis might be gone in seven. I mm-hmm. like I look. I they, they, this feels very Marlins esque to me. In that, let's double down. Get a let's get a ring. Let's get, let's get a World Series trophy, and then. <laughs> see you when we see you. I really hope he stays there because San Diego is a really, really fun place to play. That park is beautiful to watch people play in. they really building something down there. My thoughts are though, um, as to quote the great uh, Naughty by Nature, ching ching, bling bling, cut the chatter. You ain't talking money, then you're talking don't matter. My man's got money. Money, 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 money. Everything's wrestling, Tony. I told you. Money, money. Here comes the money. 
ching ching. <laughs> He's not spending the next 14 years in San Diego. I just don't see it. I no. hope he does. Well, I hope he, he does. Yeah. Regardless, congratulations to the Tatis family. <laughs> and damn. and honestly, and congratulations it, to the gentlemen's establishments in the lovely city of San Diego. Everybody wins here. Everybody shout wins here. La, shout out to La Jolla. And honestly, life is looking good for Tatis. He's got the Gatorade commercial. He's got the big contract. And uh, he's got blue hair right now. Go ahead, Ray. Oh, and, he's and on the cover. He's on the cover of the show this year. Oh, nice. The MLB video yeah. game. There we go. And shout out to the, the cute blonde that's about to get an upgrade on her uh, mandatory glands, thanks to Fernando Tatis. Oh, boy. All right. Let's move over to the NFL and talk about something in the NFL and a former NFL great. All right, gentlemen, Cam Newton does a lot of things outside of football, and one of them is to sponsor camps for young football players coming up. And he recently had a very poor interaction with a high school kid that was at one of his camps. Platt, would you like to set the table here for us? All right, so there was a video that came out on social media, I believe Sunday, and it was said interaction that Tony is talking about here with the camper and Cam Newton. I believe this young man was, what, about, what, 15, 16 years old. Uh, the young man was kind of, he was throwing shade Cam's way. It's not even kind of. He was definitely throwing shade Cam's way, uh, talking real out of pocket, honestly being very disrespectful as teenagers are wrought to do. It is what it is. And watching this, Ray, the, the first thing that came to my mind was, man, times, they are a-changing. Because had this happened 15 years ago, hell, if this had happened 10 years ago, or maybe even seven and a half years ago. Somebody would have put hands on that little melon farmer. It just is what it is. Like, you got a former MVP in here trying to give you some game, and you you just talking out of pocket. Somebody would have, pam. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, you, yeah, I, you, I you can realize. elaborate. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I, I want to get the dialogue is more important than me. I was just trying to sure no. at the table. But um, y'all saw it. But everybody saw it, man. Y'all know what we're talking about. Let, let's start off here. Anybody who wants to say about this man's life or his kid, I'm sorry, kid's life or his parents, any of that, shut the fuck up. Because kids yeah, are kids. We, we we hear you. This is I can't whistle, but that's exactly what you're doing. You're dog whistling. That's why. Yeah. I, yeah, I hear it. That's what you're doing. That's thank you. That's Tony. massively important to start off with because I think those conversations you can suck my dick. Number one. Number two. Respect isn't a thing that's appreciated very much anymore, and I get it, because we all, all three of us, have been athletes and have played. I, I think Tony's played the highest level of us in terms of like actual legit competition, but we've all played pretty high level stuff, you know, stuff with people. You talk shit. It is what it is. It busts each other, each other's balls. That's part of what it is. The problem with this conversation and the situation was, the kid wasn't trying to bust Cam's balls. He was legit trying to insult homie. And it's like, I don't, under, like, it's one thing to say you're not in the league no more. Cool. Well, that makes you feel stupid because you at his camp. 
No, but you're missing the. Like, you you already made the point of this is of ninth or tenth. This is this is a kid who doesn't even have his driver's license yet, right? So, you what can you expect? Like he was just trying to be big shot in front of his friends. That's what happened, right? He said what he thought. Oh, this will be really funny, and everybody will laugh, and I'll and I'll look cool and make this guy who was this awesome guy. You know, that's all it was, in my opinion. That's exactly what it was, but that's what makes it so stupid because you are there. Everything you said is right. I'm not saying you're wrong. I agree with you. That's what he was trying to do. But doesn't that, don't you think that would make him look even stupider? I'm a fuck with the guy whose camp I'm at. Yeah, but he, that's, that's the, my point already. He's a ninth, 10th, whatever grade kid. He's 14, 15, 16, whatever he is years old. You don't think, you don't know you're dumb. You just, you get in a situation you're like, I'm going to do this and I think it'll be funny and it just comes out and it's not and then you fucked up that's why the apology came after right I think the bigger thing is Cam Newton should not have responded immediately the way he did I want you to jump in Platt because I have one thing I want to say to that and I don't I, it's going to go in a direction and I don't want to stop this dialogue before I go that way oh, okay if you if you say so because I'm, I'm about to take it are you sure because I'm about to take it left as okay. well. Well, yeah. well, let me say this. Be, let me say this. I, I think the history of the world, especially of sports, has shown us that black kids aren't given the same um, same benefit of the doubt as a lot of other kids. So you're right. That was just a kid being a dumbass kid. But unfortunately, I think that he's not going to be given the benefit of the doubt of just being a dumbass kid because one, he did it to get viral and he got viral. Do you know Two. his do you know his name? No. Neither do I. Do you think anybody's gonna be talking about this tomorrow even? Because no one sure as fuck yes. was no. Yeah. No. This is yeah. a non story. This is such a non fucking story. And to the point you're making about it's a kid being a kid, yes. And like Cam Newton is not that big a sports figure as he used to be either. So like notoriety wise and as far as just as a kid being a kid, to me this is not even a story. Who cares? So so what? You can't tell me that back in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, any number of athletes were hanging out and doing something for kids were there and all these kids talk shit, and then you don't tell me these athletes didn't talk back to these kids back then and say, fuck you, no, back then, walk away. But you didn't see it. Kids. Right. So who gives a shit? Like, this is such a non-fucking story. And I know where you're Real going, Ray, because as far as this kid future goes... His talent's going to take him as far as his talent's going to take him. No one's going to give a flying fuck when he graduates from high school what he said to Cam Newton. He's either going to be good enough to go to the next level or he's not. And that's the end of the story in my mind. I'm going to give it to you. He might even have the benefit of the doubt because his name's out there now. I just want to say one more thing, and I'm done. I wish I could agree with you. Tony, I love you. I really do. This is the you're, part you're, where Plaid tears me a new one. No, no, no. I'm not going to tear you a new one, man, because I love you and everything you said, it's coming from a righteous place. I'm not talking about righteous as far as religion or no shit like that. I'm talking about you You Correct. really believe what you're saying, and that's where you're coming. Now, this is the issue. So, number one, I got to double back, though, talking about the kid. This is the problem. This is why this is even a story. And, you know, it's gone viral and all that. It probably would have went viral, but the reason why we're even still talking about it is because... Anytime a black person does some dumb shit, 
it's not just oh a, a, a person that just happened to be black did some dumb shit. That's not what it is. All of a sudden, it becomes a referendum on all black people. So like when Ray was talking about earlier, talking about well, don't bring his parents into this or his upbringing or anything like that, because that those are the conversations and those are the think pieces that we see. It just can't be oh that that brother over there or that sister over there just did some dumb shit. Now all of a sudden we're all under attack. You know what I mean? That's and you you know that you see it. Like these dog whistles and shit like that, you you've seen it. So that that that's where Ray is coming from, I believe. I don't want to put uh, words in my brother's mouth, but I believe that's where he's coming from when he says that I hope that this doesn't ruin this kid's future before it even gets an opportunity to start. Now maybe he is that damn good, but at the same point in time, shit like this, that you know, they're there if, if you're looking for a reason, you're gonna find it. Okay, so you're talking specifically as far as it relates to the perception of the black community, correct? In a in a, in big picture, yes. Small okay. picture, that's how it relates to this kid's future because like you like Ray is trying to say, they might look at him and say, then okay, I, wanna... I don't want anything to do with this kid. He's a problem. I don't want him associating with me or my program. Then I want to transition and kind of link these two topics together because the last thing we had to talk about was Deion Sanders having or a, whatever someone went into the coach's office and tried to grab all of his stuff whether or not it actually happened and they just got caught and put it back or whatever okay but the interesting thing to me was Stephen A Smith and 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 is is talking on first take with Max and he said I wouldn't have handled it this way and what I interpreted it like that was he didn't want it handled this way. He thought it could have been handled in-house and not been made public because he didn't want the negative connotation being associated with an HBCU, is from what I'm thinking. And not only that, but tomorrow morning, you can watch First Take, and they've been doing a great job all month long with giving you uh, virtual tours and, and, and everything, and giving you all the culture, that you're all the positive nature you're going to get from an HBCU. And their last stop is with Deion Sanders here. So, talk about the, I mean, there's a lot of interconnecting parts there between these two stories, right, Ray? Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it just, it comes down to, black people are held to a higher standard. And there's always, a, there's always a memory of the things we do or don't do. And people don't remember the good things. They remember the negative things. That's human nature, right? But it seems with black people, especially in prominent places, that we're we're held to such a higher standard. For example, this situation with Deion Sanders. I I wish he wouldn't have came out with it either. Because the whole point of Deion Sanders going to Jackson State was to get an opportunity to coach, but to build that school and the SWAC, the Southwestern Athletic Conference of the HBCU up right to get prominent really good players to come to hbcus that's the whole point of that well now all of the news about a hbcu is well, man somebody might have robbed this guy and even if that's all fake false or conjecture doesn't matter it takes one person to believe it in the same vein and i'm jumping out the window here and i, I apologize for that but in the same way, vein that only one guy of all the black people who got killed uh, or like, got, or like uh, were, were unarmed and got shot, only one of them had a hoodie on. But the whole thought process about wearing a hoodie as a black man is, oh, you can't do that. 
One person. That's the that's the thought process of, of, of America and the populace. So there's so many examples of a person doing this and being held to that for the rest of his life. Or a kid doing this and remember the kid who said, I just want to have fun with my friends and do hood rack things? That kid's like twenty now. He's still gotta live by that. Because it's on the internet and it'll never go away. So when he goes and get tries, let's say let's say I, I hope to God met the kid with the college and got it and got an education. Let's say he goes to college, wants to get education, wants to be an engineer or a doctor, and goes to a job interview and somebody searches his name on Google. The first thing you'll see is, I want to do hood rat stuff for my friends. You think they want to hire that kid? Now that's now that's not fair. It's not. But that only it don't say only. It is exponentially held to a higher standard when it comes to the African American community. So when I see situations like what Dion did, when I see situations like this kid who just was being a dumb kid with his friends, this shit, you got to think before the first thing a black parent tells their kid before they leave the house is how to deal with the cops and not to be stupid. For years, my grandmother wouldn't let me ride in a car with more than two people because she was terrified, well, what if somebody pulls over and does something, then you're such and such, this and that and the other. There's a reason they gotta do that shit. And it's stupid, and it's ridiculous, and it's abhorrent, but it it is the life that black people have to live. And so, I don't begrudge you or anybody else for not understanding that part of it because you ain't lived that life. And I, again, like I told you, I wish what you said was true. I truly do. Because there's going to be a time when this kid when this kid gets recruited to go to college. <clears throat> what you think they're going to really care about his tape? Here's – here, I, I just want to clarify a little bit. <clears throat> as far as what I'm saying about the kid who interacted with Cam Newton, yes – as far as him being a normal, regular human being and getting a normal, regular job, it this could very much affect his ability to obtain said things. As far as his ability to get to a Division One school for college football, if he's talented enough, this isn't going to mean a goddamn thing. That was my point. Do you see what I'm saying? And you, That's my point. No, in, we, in the real, real life... Yeah, it, it means a whole shit ton of a lot. But in the world of him actually being talented enough to make a Division One football team doesn't mean a thing. That's my opinion. And I understand that you guys' oh. opinions are much more versed in, in in experience than mine. And I'm not agree I'm not disagreeing with what you said whatsoever. And in a perfect world, Cam puts his arm around that young man, you know what I mean, and, and gives him some game and mentors him and, and ushers and that's him the kind into of guy, that's the kind the of guy Cam level. is. Do you not? I mean, I expect that to actually happen, to be honest with you. He already had a conversation with the kid's parents. But if it's a situation where, okay, he's talented enough to play college football, but so is this other kid. And you know what I mean. And if the if if this guy's not the next Barry Sanders, this kid's not the next Barry Sanders or Patrick Mahomes. Which it's I mean, let's just keep it a buck. It's highly likely that he's not. Yeah, but if he signs are, with you know, but if he signs with Midwest Alkaline State, which isn't an actual state, right? And they have nothing going on as far as media goes, except for the fact to say, hey, we just signed this kid. Remember him from the Cam Newton thing? No, sure. I, you know, sure. okay. but at the same fair, time, fair, you know, fair. I I get it, I get it, I get what you're saying, 100. percent But um, oh, go go ahead, Ray, man, because I wanted to bring up my, my other point of this of this situation. But go ahead. 
No, you're good. I'm just the, just the thought process. I, I can imagine the coach is saying as well. If this kid won't even respect Cam Newton, who's a who's been to a Super Bowl, won MVP, and was just in the league this year. He won't respect him. Silly as it's and stupid as it sounds. How's he gonna respect random as Joe Christopher? You know who ain't never played football nowhere, but I'm your coach. Well, and that's and where it's, that's where it's on process. the kid to show growth, though, right? I mean, if he yeah. can show growth. Nice. That's going to mean more than anybody else being at the same spot he is in because these people don't know that, you know, if he can show growth, he will already show how he deals with adversity. And that is a huge thing you can display to any, any aspect of somebody that needs you on their team, regardless of whether it's in the workplace or on a sporting field. Yeah, facts. Can't can't argue that, but that was an excellent segue to the next point that I wanted to make in this particular situation and why I thought this was an interesting topic to bring up. Yeah, the kid was just being a dumb kid. They do that. But do you think in a jillion, fulfillion, gazillion years, Ooh, that's a lot. he would have reacted that way to Peyton Manning or to Tom Brady or even an Eli Manning? And, and so the you know what I mean the, so the point that I wanted to make here is the disrespect that Cam Newton has experienced in the media the entire time he's been in the NFL so that's why that kid felt comfortable coming at him and this is why these narratives are so dangerous and you, all these do you really takes and shit you really like think that. he came at Cam Newton because he thought that all the other people he had ever seen on television came at Cam Newton or do you think no, he was no, just no, hanging no, out with his finish. friends? It didn't matter. Let me finish. What yeah. I'm saying is Cam Newton has been in the NFL, what, what, 10, 12, 13 years, something like that? Something like that. This entire time, he has been disrespected and shat on by the establishment. The reporters didn't like him. They didn't. They didn't like his arrogance. They didn't like his swagger. They didn't like how he dressed. They didn't like the things he said. Everything that he said became magnified by 15. It, it it just is what it is. They didn't like him, and I I, I didn't real and I realized that they finally broke him when he came out a couple of years ago and he was talking about all lives matter and it disappointed me because oh my god they finally broke him, and now he's broke they broke him physically they wore him into the ground they wore him down to a nub and now the media is relishing in the fact that they don't have to worry about Cam Newton and Cam Newton might be on his way out of the league, so you're telling me. Because everybody grows up watching ESPN or Fox Sports or whatever the case may be. And you hear all these guys for years, years, shitting on this guy for every single thing that he did. And now you hear the tone with some of these guys. The fact that he, you know, he shit to bed this season and he might not get another job. You hear the tone in their voices. It's celebratory. They're happy that they're not going to have to deal with this guy. So you can't tell me that this kid has been watching this guy get shit upon his entire life that didn't contribute to why he felt comfortable enough as he did to say and react to how cam did or how he did to cam the way he did to put both your question and your to put your question tony and your point plot together he wouldn't have felt as comfortable to do it on camera if it wasn't what cam was yeah period i don't i i Okay, I, I don't well, ever. Th th think about it like this, because uh, there's a lot of black quarterbacks now in the league, so it's not as prevalent. I mean, obviously you still hear some of that bullshit, but at the time that Cam was out and he was balling when he was balling, you didn't think it was funny how 
the media fawned over Robert Griffin the third so tough and I mean if anybody with two eyes well I don't know I, I put it to you like this his whole golly G Willikers store stick that he was he was pulling when he first got in the league and he became the media darling yo man you can't kind of con man you can't hustle a hustler and game recognized game. Nat Mellon Farmer was doing the Eddie Haskell when he first got in the league. And if y'all don't know Eddie Haskell, go back and watch Leave It to Beaver. That was Wally, who was the Beaver's brother. That was his best friend. And every time that Beav and Wally's mother would come in the room, he'd be like, oh, hey, Mrs. Cleaver. I Hello, guess... Mrs. Cleaver. You look lovely today. I love your hair. And then as soon as she, he would leave, he would terrorize the Beav. Like, yeah, bitch, I'm going to fuck your ass up. That's the game that Robert Griffin was saying. But there wasn't as many black quarterbacks in the league back then. So you couldn't just come out and say, I hate Cam because he's black. You couldn't come out and say that, but what you can do is say, oh, well, I like this guy. So it doesn't come across as racist. It's like, I like this guy more than this guy, and we're going to prop him up and ignore that guy. I- I'm hoping what I'm saying makes some sort of sense. Yes. There's there's a real pointed conversation to be had one day. Today, I don't think today's that day because we've, we've, we've talked about a lot. But about how the media and how the populace perceives unapologetically individual and and urban black people in sports as opposed to those who are a little more mainstream and I'd, I'd see to you Jordan versus AI I see to you um, like you said Robert Griffin and uh, your boy uh, and um, Cam was a good one I see to you the way people perceive a guy like Russell Wilson Whereas the way people perceive a guy like Lamar Jackson, there's a real difference in how they're perceived based on personality quirks, and other races don't have though that dichotomy. And so it may not be as deep as maybe Plaid and I are making it, but it's really there is really a dichotomy there if you really look into it in all sports, but especially in the ones that are played in the hood, football and basketball. So. You know, we ain't got to go no further than that today. But that's a real conversation. I, I'm not trying to tell everybody how great of a person I am. But the... <laughs> that's why we love I, you, Tony. I okay. know what you're trying to say. Yeah. That's why you, we love you. Guys, you, yeah. guys, you guys know, and I can say this in front of you. I don't have the... Like, I understand. I, I guess I'm blind to the fact that there is so... so the, the, the prejudices are, are so prevalent throughout society because I sit here and I'm like, I don't, I don't get it. What are you, what are you talking about? Like, I love Cam Newton. Like I've always loved Cam, you know, and stuff like that. Like, but unfortunately that's not the way the world is. Right. So I guess sometimes that's where my view is a little skewed coming from someone who is not. That's judgmental. You just not judgmental. Sure. Sure. Yeah, and that's a, and that's a, again another reason why we love you so fucking much, because yeah, you are yeah. genuine as fucking shit, and you treat yeah. people based on how they fucking treat you back the way it's supposed to be. Fortunately, as well as you know, that ain't the way a good portion of the society is, and, and especially you... when it's somebody who makes millions of dollars to play a game, perceived in people's minds, they're gonna tear down whatever they can based on whatever idea they can because there's always an inherent level of jealousy there. So Cam plays a sport that I would love to play and makes $20 million doing it. Oh, but he wears a foxtail when he comes to the damn... Stupid shit. Who gives a fuck? 
but people care about that shit. So, go ahead, Platt. Take us home here. You know that again. I, I second what Ray said. This is why we love you. You just call it like you see it. But I, I got to be honest, guys. That's part of the reason why I started doing this. And when I say doing this, talking that shit, because I understand how powerful the media is because they frame the narrative. You know what I mean? And I, I don't think that can be understated. They literally frame the narrative. And depending on, you know, what side of the aisle you, you fall on, wherever you get your news from, that might not even be the truth. That might not even be the story, but the way they frame it is how you're going to perceive it. And then, again, depending on which side of the aisle you fall on, who you get your news on, that's how you're going to feel about that particular topic. But that's one of the reasons that I wanted to start to do this stuff, man, because I, I wanted to speak truth to power and call out the bullshit when I see it. And the thing is, it's another reason why I hate those old sports tropes, you know, those old cliche takes that we've been hearing all of our lives that they still sprout out because they're so rooted number one in jealousy because the, 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 let's keep it a buck most of these sports guys they're jealous if they didn't play they're jealous that they have to talk about it while these other guys play it, play it and the racial component in there you can't deny that either it's America so anytime that you're looking at anything in America literally anything you always have to filter it through the prism of racism, sexism, classism, ageism. Why? Because that's America, and you can't escape it. It just is what it is. That shit is baked into the goddamn fabric. My country, tis a thief, sweet land of liberty. Like, it's literally right there. You can't not take that into consideration and, and, and factor that in. And, you know, that's what pisses me off about these old dog whistles that have become these tropes that, especially in sports, that the media relies on. Most people don't even realize they're dog whistles because they're so ingrained within the fabric of society and when we have this dialogue and these conversations about sports. I'm not trying to, you know, take it all the way there, but again, this is why I, I do what I do, man, and I like to call out the bullshit. I, I really do. And I think that we need to have these conversations, man. I think they're productive. Great, great way to wrap up that conversation, Platt. I I appreciate all the candidness, and I'm sure everybody else listening does as well. Ray, why don't you go ahead and reveal the last part here as we get out of here because we, we've, we've had a really good show today, and we've covered a lot of ground. And tell everybody what we're going to be arguing about next week. Give us the list. Just, re just released the All-Star Reserves. We can't argue about it. We can only listen to you. Tell it to us, and then we got to take it home. Oh boy, um, all-star game this year in Atlanta, so I'm going to go with the West because they're the away team. Um, Dame Lillard from the Portland Trailblazers, Paul George from the Los Angeles Clippers, Rudy Gobert from the Utah Jazz, Spider no, Mitchell no, from the Utah... No, 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 I'll let him get through it for Christ's sake. My <laughs> bad, my bad. I thought it was going to be just a no. I didn't know it was going to be the extended. I'll, I'll put it back down. <laughs> Spider Mitchell from the uh, Utah Jazz, um, Anthony Davis from the Los Angeles Lakers, Zion Williamson is the All Star from the New Orleans Pelicans, and Chris Paul from the Phoenix Suns. No Devin Booker. Well, I was about Davis, the, Davis ain't playing, so you you might get somebody. Yeah, else so he'll ahead. get in by there. Yeah, Davis ain't. Good playing. shit. Good shit. Good shit. On the East, of course, James Harden. Um, you have uh, Jalen Brown. 
from the Boston Celtics as well as Nick uh, as a well as um, uh, Jason Tatum. I can't remember that boy's first name. Um, you have Nick Vucevic from the Orlando Magic. Just puts up stats. You have Ben Simmons from the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. And Julius Randle of the New York Knickerbockers. And in a surprise but I think deserved spot, Zach Levine from Chicago Bulls is an Eastern All-Star. That's going to be a fun conversation next week because I'm already pissed. Same, but shout out to Julius Randle. He's been having a great season, so I'm glad that he's Hell getting yeah. reported. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, anything else before we get up out of here, guys? Anything pertinent that you just wanted to get off your chest? Um, listen to your boy and Mags on Thursdays. On man, Radio. we were going to get there when I said tell the good people where they can find you, man. So go ahead. You already started. Tell the good people where they can find you and what you got going on. Uh, you can find me at It's Ray Cash, R-E-Y as in Mysterio, C-A-S-H as dollars. I'm everywhere, man. Cheshire uh, Radio on Thursdays. Holla at your boy. Outsiders Edge on Fridays. Holla at your boy. Bandwagon Nerds on Sunday, Mondays. Holla at your boy. Three Man Weave on Tuesdays. Holla at your boy. The other three days, your boy sleep. Jesus Christ, man. You be on this Melon Farmer more than Stephen A. Smith on ESPN. So, Mr. Tunney, why don't you let them know what you got going on? Because if he's there eight days out the week, you got to be in this Melon Farmer 12. Yeah, just follow, the nine, follow me the 10. Follow, <laughs> follow me at PC Tunney. And uh, just make sure you head on over to thechairshot.com. Sports, entertainment, and sports entertainment. There's something there for everybody. Remember that while you always use your head. You guys can find me on Twitter at the Real C Plaid. I'm here Thursdays for Pod is War. My co-host Andrew Belaz and myself we do Chair Shot Saturdays. Check that out. Last week's episode was uh, interesting. We had absolutely shit to talk about, but we made it work, and I thought it was entertaining. <laughs> but check that out. Turkey Make sure you guys go to pro- there. You go. Go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. Pick up an official chair shot t-shirt. I say it day in and day out. If you enjoy all the fire content we provide from the DWI podcast to Outsider's Edge to Bandwagon Nerds. If you're not listening to Bandwagon Nerds, you slip. And that's the best show you're not listening to. To uh, the Greg DeMarco show, the Daily Chair Shot shows, all that shit Mags got going on. I'm not even going to act like I remember five rounds. I remember five rounds. Shout out to Mags. I'm fucking with you. But no, I love you. And everything else, a winner is you. Everything else that we got going on in the chair shop, man, we got some cool-ass shows going on, and we've got great articles with opinion, news, reviews, and analysis with attitude. And you love it all because you're smarter than the average fan. But again, ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shop. Make sure we keep providing this content that you all love so much by spending 20 bucks on a goddamn T-shirt, man. You can do that. Help us out. We depend on listeners like you, and we love each and every one of y'all. Gentlemen, for the commish PC Tunney, for the illustrious Raymond Cash, I'm Mr. Velvet Pipes, Christopher Platt. Thank you all for tuning in to the latest edition of Three Man Weave. We'll see you back next week, same Platt time, same Platt channel. We we're probably going to start yelling at each other about these all-star selections. So tune in. You don't want to miss it. It is going to be a must-listen. Until next time, shalom. Right, this cut goes out to all y'all that's been missing us for mad years. One love, yo. Yeah, that's right, he's got a game. DE19.
1998. If man is the father, the son is the center of the earth. In the middle of the universe, then why is this verse coming six times rehearsed? Don't freestyle much, but I write them like such. Word. Amongst the fiends controlled by the screens, what does it all mean, all this shit I'm seeing? <laughs> Human beings screaming vocal javelins, sign of a local nigga unraveling. Uh -huh. My wandering got my ass wondering, with crisis and all this crisis. Hating Satan never knew what nice is. Check the papers, well, I bet on ISIS. More than your eye can see and ears can hear. Year by year, all the sense disappears. Nonsense perseveres, prayers laced with fear. Beware, two triple A. It might feel good, it might sound a little something. But damn the game, if it don't mean nothing. What is game? Who got game? Where's the game in life? Behind the game, behind the game. I got game, she got game, we got game, they got game, he got game. It might feel good, it might sound a little something, but fuck the game if it ain't saying nothing. Damn, was it something I said? Pretend you don't see, so you turn your head. Race scared of his shadow, does it matter?